Welcome to the January 2019 edition of Nothing Never Happens, the Radical Pedagogy Podcast. I'm Tina Pippin, your host. And in August of 2018, I went to Athens, Georgia and visited with students and faculty in the You Lead Athens program. Uh, the description that they give of themselves on their website is, You Lead Athens is, in our students' words, united, unafraid, undefeated, unstoppable leaders. Students and or their parents are also undocumented or underdocumented immigrants. Every Tuesday night, Clark County High School students and recent graduates who have lived in the U.S. most of their lives gather to work with volunteer mentors, spectacular students with UGA's Undocumented Student Alliance, faculty from UGA, and community members. The Oconee Street United Methodist Church donates the space. Students identify and apply for colleges that will accept students with varying immigration statuses, prepare for standardized tests, and search and apply for scholarships. They plan to work in fields such as biology, engineering, education, heating and air conditioning, medical information technology, international relations, and psychology. They have expertise in music, art, multiple languages, and public speaking. Several are also strong immigration rights activists. So I want to thank Joe Beth Allen and Bettina Kaplan, who are uh, the faculty who are involved in New Lead Athens, as well as the students, uh, current and past, who the past students are now in college, uh, for and the, and one of the lead volunteers uh, for speaking with me about this really important for our time right now in particular uh, program for underdocumented students. So join me in a conversation with you lead Athens. My name is Karina. I'm 24 years old. Um, when I've, I first started coming to ULEAD, when they first started it, at first it was kind of trying to see what we were, what our goals were going to be and everything. Um, I was going to Athens Tech when I first started. They ULEAD helped me out with my homeworks and also they helped me out to pay tuition. Um, when I first started in Athens Tech, I had no idea I was going to have to pay four times more the tuition. So um, they helped me out a lot with that and. And that's because of um, you don't get in-state tuition. Yes, ma'am. We get, not even out-of-state, we get international students, so it's like four times the tuition. So I had to pay like $1,000 around that per class, plus books and all the stuff. Um, after that, I graduated two years ago, but, you know, because it's just an associate, so I haven't been able to find a, an accounting job here in Athens. So ever since then, I've been doing the bookkeeping for ULEAD. Um, I've been doing it for about almost three years now. I'm the one that, you know, helps with the accountant to do the tax return and everything. And then um, I'm just now going back to the University of North Georgia to 
get my bachelor's degree in um, accounting. So hopefully then I can get my degree. But yeah, ULEAD has helped me throughout basically ever since I graduated high school till, till now that I'm getting my degrees and everything, yes. <laughs> well, what was the most uh, inspiring and helpful part of ULEAD for you? Um, well, they always help you if you think that you like can't do it anymore. You know something. They always have options for you. They tell you about all these scholarships that you can apply to and all these colleges that you can go to. Like they always have like so many options for you, and they always have help with the homework, whatever, so that you know they can keep you motivated to keep going. They check up on you. They send you emails and everything. So that's what has helped me, you know, get through everything with. ULEAD has helped me a lot to actually not give up. What would you like to tell the students who are here now? Um, Well, to use up all the resources that ULEAD offers, you know, like don't, you know, don't just come once, keep coming every Thursday. They always have something to help you on. And also keep going to college. Don't give up just because, you know, the tuition and all the barriers that we have for having DACA, you know, that's no excuse to give up to get a, a degree. Well, is there anything you want uh, listeners of the podcast to know about how the education system uh, could change to, to uh, be a, a, provide a braver, safer space for you? Yeah, um, so I think that, you know, everyone wants to succeed and especially people with DACA coming from first generation having you know parents that are immigrants and being low income based and everything it would help a lot for us to have to be able to at least have out of state tuition because everybody would get so many people are willing to have a better education to have a better country and if we were to have a lower tuition rate then we would all be able to get great careers become doctors you know who knows and be able to make a better country for all the for everybody and also for all the students that are trying to better themselves with their lives. And we especially need uh, ethical accountants right now. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, anything else you want to tell us? Um, that's basically all. Just you know, I hope that everybody keeps their you know their their way of thinking openly and can think about, you know, not only, like, the the students that were born here, but also the, you know, immigrant, immigrant students that have families that are struggling and are trying to better themselves. And, you know, hopefully they can keep their minds open to, you know, helping students like that also. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm about to be a sophomore at Christian Bros University, which is a uh, college in Memphis, Tennessee. And I'm about to go back in about, um, I'm going back this Saturday, so I'm excited about that. Mm. Just felt that was important to share. Do you have a major? Yeah, yeah, I'm majoring in visual arts with the concentration in graphic design. So with that, hopefully I um, work for a firm or a company as part of their uh, marketing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Oh, great. And... Evelyn, you're also 
a college student in Memphis, Tennessee. I am. I go to Rhodes College, a very small liberal arts school in Memphis. Mm -hmm. So Jose and I are neighbors. Um, <laughs> and I will also be a sophomore, and I'm um, majoring um, in international studies and um, political science um, as a minor, possibly, but I'm really um, interested in Latin American studies as of right now as well. Yeah. And uh, Tatiana, you are a rising junior yes. at Agnes Scott College, yes. my favorite college. It's mine too. <laughs> and so you are majoring in nursing? Yeah, I'm majoring in, I'm doing an adult degree program with Emory. It's a three, five-year program, three years at Agnes, two years at Emory, and with a minor in biology. Well, what are you most looking forward to in your sophomore and junior year? Well, for me, it's definitely just, uh, you know, having something to do that's just not uh, work. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, uh, that was me. Every day. Because, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, over the summer, I had a summer job, and, you know, it kind of got pretty tedious to have that routine of being, like, waking up for work and then going back home just to go to work the next day. Whereas in college, I... You could, you could say it's the same thing, you know, like you wake up for your classes and you study and then go to bed, but, um, I mean, if you, if, uh, if you get out there, um, it's not so, it's not so much of a routine as it is than if you were to not be in, in school. So, I mean, I'm guessing that, you know, like, I just missed the college aspect of my life, you know, and I didn't realize I missed it until, like, the summer. Yeah, yeah. So... All of you went through ULEAD uh, Athens program. Yeah. What led you to ULEAD, and uh, what did you get out of it? Well, for me, I was there since the second year it started. We started at Cedar Shoals in a small classroom. Um, afterwards, we gradually got bigger, and we moved to a small house in downtown Athens. Um, what led me there was just, like, I remember one day in my, my junior year in my ELA class, we had, like, we were supposed to write down our top three colleges, and I remember mm -hmm. my teacher took me out because I told him about my stat, well, I told him about my status, but he's like, you know these three colleges you wrote down here, you can't attend, and I'm just like, okay, so mm -hmm. he's like, okay, but come to ULEAD, and we'll help you from there, so that's what got me into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, very similarly, I think, um, just that desire to um, keep going and to um, wanting to pursue like higher education. Um, I think that was something that was always told to me by my parents, like you have to do it. It doesn't matter yeah. how mm -hmm. it's gonna happen, but um, we'll find a method and you'll get there. And mm -hmm. um, we were all blessed enough to find um, our golden ticket, which was you lead Athens. And mm -hmm. so um, mm -hmm. they really, um, really helped us out and I think um, we wouldn't be, any of us would be where we are today mm -hmm. if it wasn't for them. Yeah. yeah. Well, what was the best part about the the classes that you had at ULEAD? The classes that we had at ULEAD? Um, well, uh, there were so much classes, but, you know, um, mm -hmm. they do give a lot of insight into, I mean, they just offer a lot of good college advice that, you know, like, I, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have had if I didn't come here, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I know that Although, if I had to be honest with myself, I wasn't too serious about going to college before I uh, got into ULEAD, 
but yeah. Yuli did a good job of like make, making this like you know what it's actually possible like mm -hmm. and, and we can help you with that mm -hmm. and you know like just really visualizing uh, that path that you know like otherwise I really didn't take that serious before then um, but yeah just really great insight into which colleges would work best you know like um, especially for your interest and um, yeah that's what I would say is one of the best things that came out of Healy. Mm -hmm. Yeah well what what would you have wanted your colleges to know before you went? What would you have liked to have been able to tell them based on your experience the last um, year or two? If you could go back in time and say you know this is what I want you to know is I'm coming into college. For me, it would be just become aware of like the situations. Some people can't like do specific things or apply to specific things, and most mm -hmm. of them just generalize it as if like having this understanding that everyone can do it. But it's yeah. selling this like fake dream to them. It's like no, you can't actually do that, and mm -hmm. most of them aren't aware until you tell them and you're educating them about it. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I think a lot of um, like uh, education system in America in general is very ignorant, mm -hmm. and I think um, a lot of times they're very naive and they don't understand people's circumstances. And yeah. so, um, oftentimes we're very um, everything's very generalized, and um, we fit in between the cracks, mm -hmm. which means like we're not like everyone else. And colleges still don't understand that. Um, I think. Um, students especially don't understand that and so it's um i wish that there was just a better understanding but um i don't think that's going to happen anytime soon and mm -hmm. i don't think that colleges are taking um the right the like the right steps towards that being our reality or they may just be overlooking it yeah like they don't want to actually like learn about what's going on or just not even that, just like they foresee it, they don't really dive into it. Sure, uh, my name is Nikki Luke. I'm one of the two volunteer coordinators for ULEAD, and I am a PhD student in geography at the University of Georgia. What got you involved in ULEAD? I started coming to ULEAD in October of 2016 after I met Rosemary, another volunteer, at an outreach event um, in Athens called Latino Fest. And I had just moved to Athens from Oakland, California, and I'd been involved in various capacities with um, refugee resettlement and job training for refugees and asylum seekers um, for the five previous years and was excited to see what I could do here. So what is the best part of being uh, associated with ULEAD? Definitely the students. <laughs> they're, they're incredible and I learn a lot from them and um, I feel like they're constantly challenging me to be a better teacher and a better citizen of this community, and they're really inspiring. Mm -hmm. Well, what were some of the first things that you learned from the students here that may have surprised you, transformed you, 
caused you to pause and rethink? Um, when I first got involved with ULEAD was right around the 2016 presidential election, and there were a lot of... I came just before the election and was starting to become oriented to the group and learn how it worked. And then after the election, the first Thursday after, so I guess the day after we learned the election results, um, there were... the. ULEAD house where we always meet was so full it was standing room only and everyone was crying and everyone was upset and the volunteers were particularly devastated because they'd all voted the day before and they were starting to understand what a Trump presidency could mean for this community and the students were so composed and they were like we've been fighting our whole lives and this is another fight and we're going to learn how to deal with it and we're going to come together as a community and the way that they've constantly been there for each other throughout it is amazing to me. Yeah, yeah. So what are your specific duties in you lead? So I am one of the two volunteer coordinators. So I help mm-hmm. a little bit with volunteer recruitment and volunteer training. Mm-hmm. So every week I uh, meet with new volunteers that we have from all over the Athens community. Many of them are UGA students, and most of them do not know how ULEAD came to be, Mm -hmm. which I didn't know either when I started volunteering with the organization, um, in that being that most of the students that we work with are not able to even apply to UGA, given the ban on undocumented students, um, or underdocumented students. And so every week we're teaching new volunteers, many of whom are at UGA, about the history of exclusion and the ongoing practice of exclusion and the ways in which ULEAD and other organizations in Athens, um, and especially teachers at the high school, are trying to help these students find a pathway to higher education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what do you, what do you say to uh, new volunteers in particular in the recruitment process? Um, in the recruitment process, we normally tell them about the history of ULEAD and what it, an average Thursday looks like. Um, so it's really letting them know that this is an organization that's focused on higher education and it's focused on helping students um, finish high school as well. But that ULEAD, in many ways, is a community space, so we deal with so many other issues that come up for a really sensitive population. and. Um, invites students or UGA students or other community members that might be interested to be part of this in a variety of capacities. Mm -hmm. But particularly we're always interested in helping people, having people that can help with the college application process. Yeah. Well, have you seen uh, any um, like transformation of any of the volunteers from when they first came in and then they started to uh, get informed about this and conscientized? Uh, have you seen any big changes, or do people come in pretty much uh, politically on board? No, people come in for a variety of reasons. For instance, there's one class in the Spanish language department that it's a requirement that their students um, volunteer with a community-based organization. Yeah. So we have a lot of students that come from that and don't have any idea mm-hmm. of why they're being asked to go to ULEAD and just need the volunteer hours. Yeah. And then they show up and they stay for a variety of reasons. And for a lot of students, it's because they were first-generation college students and they know how hard it was. And with this extra barrier, they want to be able to do something to help other people in a similar position to what they were in when they were first going to college. 
And then we have uh, other students come. For instance, one of the other coordinators' sons had stopped going to school and started coming to ULEAD as, just as a volunteer mm-hmm. and has since decided to go back to college to become a math teacher. So we have students, or we have volunteers and UGA students that are transformed in a variety of ways. Wow, wow. So let me ask, why do you stay? I stay because I am currently getting a degree from the University of Georgia, mm-hmm. which I think has a deep history of racial exclusion that it perpetuates in the present day through a ban on underdocumented students. And as a citizen of Athens and an employee at the University of Georgia, I want to do what I can to try and create access to higher education. And I'm in training to be a professor, and I want to put the skills that I'm learning and um, hopefully developing well to good use to help those students that are both in UGA and in the Athens community more broadly because... I think higher education should be accessible to everyone who wants it. Great. Well, what have you learned about the actual um, kind of theory and practice of teaching from being at ULEAD? Has it changed the way that you think about teaching? It has. And being a teacher, too, you know. um, I've been coming to ULEAD for almost two years now and it's my first semester where I'm going to be in a classroom at UGA so I hadn't really taught yet although I had previous teaching experience before coming here Um, and it's taught me to be a lot more humble and to listen a lot more and to value um, more of a dialogic or I guess Socratic method and I've learned as much from any of the students here probably much, much more than I might have been able to give them because most of what I do is just correct comma splices <laughs> in college application essays. So yeah, yeah. Um, really fostering that practice of learning from each other is what I've learned from you, Lee. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, is there anything else you especially want people to know about uh, you, Lead and... Um, you know, the power of these voices and, you know, the wisdom of these students? I don't know. I mean, I... I think that their struggle to access education shows... It really is a testament to the fact that there are policies that need to change in Georgia and there's there's still working to get an education and in a way that is hopefully part of this broader struggle to change education in the state and make it more accessible Um, and it it all has to connect together but that Athens is just one aspect of the work that's being done and this is a problem across Georgia so thinking about um, how this connects to like training high school teachers and training college counselors and hopefully opening those pathways for students to access some of the opportunities we've been able to provide at ULEAD is what I hope ULEAD can share with other organizations that are facing similar challenges. Thank you so much. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, um, can I get both of your names for the...
My name is Bettina Kaplan. Joe Beth Allen. So, what would what do you like best about you lead as a group organization? I like the students best. <laughs> is is this like the interview, or are you just yes. setting things up? Okay, all right, yeah. I mean, I could give a longer answer, but I'll let you. <laughs> um, I like the um, sense of community, of purpose. Um, we have a very clear purpose, and we can... Um, Many people feel attracted to to the, our purpose, mm -hmm. and I'm also very happy about the success rate that we have. So, what are your hopes and fears for the future of this organization? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I want to go back to the first question, and that'll that'll okay. take us into this. Also, um, you know, the students come to us. Um, so hopeful. They're so full of resilience um, in spite of many roadblocks that have been set up in their way. Um, they sometimes have been told that they can't go to college. Um, some of them just learned, you know, a week or a year ago that because of their documentation status they can't go to the University of Georgia, they can't go to some of the other major universities in the state that they have to pay international rates and you know they just keep finding this out uh, where everyone else around them is you know making plans to go to University of Georgia or they say well I need to save some money I'm going to go to Athens Tech and take some of my courses because it's so much cheaper there well it's not it's four times that for our students so uh, so their resilience and coming back and trying to figure out um, with our mentors, what is really going to be possible for them is truly inspiring. Mm -hmm. So you were asking about the issues in the future. Yes. Um, well, the, the panorama is not good. Mm -hmm. um, we never know what's going to happen next week in that means that we don't know if uh, the families will be able to stay in this uh, country or in this part of the country. Mm -hmm. um, our students, um, some of them are undocumented, some of them are not, but most of the parents are. So we are struggling with um, their family uh, situation, uh, mm -hmm. even if they are not affected directly, their, their parents or their cousins are, and that um, affects a lot of what we do here, uh, trying to help them with one aspect is getting access to college while their families are being falling apart is very difficult. And that has been true for DACA for some time, uh, but now students who have temporary protected status are in, in some ways, worse limbo uh, mm -hmm. because there's not even an option for renewal um, when that ends. Many of our students are from El Salvador, and that was one of the uh, TPS um, countries that was discontinued by the Trump administration. And so... Um, our students deal with the stress of that for themselves. They deal with the stress of that for their parents. 
um, that that simply driving to work for their parents, they may they may not see them again. They could literally get picked up on the way to work, taken to detention, and and the students wouldn't see that parent again. So, mm-hmm. living with that kind of stress is is really really hard and can create uh, depression sometimes in in some of our students, mm-hmm. and and yet they keep you know as I said are, are very resilient and keep mm-hmm. keep coming. Uh, one of our biggest challenges is to be able to continue to fund our scholarships at the rate that we have been. So this year we have funded, I believe we're up to 57 students uh, and over $180,000 worth of scholarships. Um, our scholarships are, are of two different, actually three different kinds. We have for citizens, uh, so these would be students primarily who are in mixed status families, uh, we have book scholarships, book and computer scholarships of, of $700 a year. For some of our students who have full ride, <laughs> for some of our students who have full rides, uh, Dream U.S. scholarships, Golden Door scholarships, uh, Bonner scholarships, and, and some others, um, a full ride is only a full ride if you have somebody who can pick up uh, the incidentals. And those yeah. incidentals really add up, yeah. and so uh, we we fill the gap. We mm. uh, say mm. so. Some of those those have tended to range from about a thousand to four thousand uh, dollars for uh, students who already have other scholarships, yeah. and then uh, uh, probably our largest category mm-hmm. is students who are going locally to technical and community colleges because they there are no scholarships for those students. Hmm. And so because they're paying um, international rates or whatever the highest rate is yeah. at that institution, um, we go up to $7,000. And that is still wow. not adequate for them to take a full load. They can only take about two courses a semester mm-hmm. uh, on a $7,000 scholarship. So being able to continue funding those scholarships at that level yeah worries us every year yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i totally agree with that yeah so you have to do a lot of fundraising yeah mm-hmm. so does freedom university mm-hmm. similar situation mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, what did you use as the model for this program our heads <laughs> there's no model yeah. um, and we deal with a lot of unexpected things that we have to resolve on the spot Mm-hmm. We asked the students uh, when when Freedom University moved to Atlanta, yeah. um, and that left a, a you know a hole here in terms of serving mm-hmm. uh, uh, the students in this area. We talked to students and we collaborated with local high school teachers, mm-hmm. um, and they talked to their students and said, "What what do you want in an organization like this?" And they were very clear, we want to go to college. Yeah. So that's why mm-hmm. ULEAD is different from Freedom University. Freedom U offers college-level courses, that's right. which are fabulous. But our students said, we want to go to college. And so that's why we focus on yeah. tutoring and on scholarships. Mm-hmm. And yeah, one-to-one and mentorship. I'm sorry. Yeah. And also there is another underserved uh, population that is the uh, first generation 
um, mm -hmm. citizens who whose parents are undocumented, and we found that they not only lack of good advising in the school system, but also they face a lot of trouble when they have to fill in things like FAFSA, um, yeah. where, and it's crucial for them because most of the financial aid comes from there. Um, and we found out that the schools do not have the universities do not have the right information and we're putting, blocking them mm -hmm. uh, to receive the funding that they are supposed to receive. So we found that is another area that we're covering um, that we don't see anyone else covering. Um, yeah. The schools do not, the high schools do not know about this. They don't know mm -hmm. how to handle these cases. So mm -hmm. we are the only source that they have, these students have, to deal with these issues. So are, have you been getting any pushback from the community, the high schools? Uh, They've been very supportive. <laughs> the community's been very supportive. Um, uh, once counselors and teachers find out about us, um, they, you know, are very supportive and, and want to send their students here. We are part of Athens Immigrant Rights Coalition, mm -hmm. and so that's an important affiliation for us. So several of us who are involved with you leader involved in other aspects of AIRC mm -hmm. um, as well. And so I think that Athens is is well served in terms of advocacy yeah. um, and and some volunteer type services like you lead. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, how many students do you have now? You said. Oh. It, you said 45 or 50, but it looked like there the, were more we, than that. It's hard to tell because uh, most of them come regularly, but not all of them. Mm -hmm. um, so we know that we have 57 scholars. That means 57 mm -hmm. students who had been here yeah. um, are receiving some type of funding from us. Mm -hmm. But then we have a lot more. Um, and we estimate uh, around 100 people per night. Some of them are mentors and tutors, um, but most of them are, are students. So I, I th we estimate around 50 students uh, per week, but they're not always the same students. I'd say mm -hmm. we usually have a core of 35 to 40 that are the mm -hmm. same, and then mm -hmm. some will come more sporadically. It, it seemed like and I don't know this to be true, but it seemed like last year, every week, someone new came. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And it, even in terms of applying for scholarships, there were people coming the very last week before, and they hadn't been involved long enough that we were able to do scholarships. But people just hear about us yeah. uh, from friends and come, and we're, we're delighted. And another thing that we do is that we help with DACA applications, we help with the process, and also with the financial aspect. Mm -hmm. So we have a number, in the last uh, three weeks, we have around five people per night. Today there were only four. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so that brings in more, uh, more people to the group. Some of them stay or come back, but mm -hmm. most of them do not. Um, an, an interesting sidelight of this uh, for you is that a, another part of the AIRC is the Interfaith Sanctuary Coalition. Yeah, I was going to ask about <laughs> the, sanctu the new sanctuary movement. Um, so this um, yeah. involves about 15 congregations. Uh, 
several um, several Protestant as well as Catholic, Buddhist, mm-hmm. Jewish, Muslim, and Hindu, <laughs> and Quaker, and Unitarian. Yeah. So it's just it's really been um, wonderful to see their support of you lead. So we've had, I think we're up to nine um, or more DACA renewals that have been fully funded by our ISC partners, mm-hmm. which is um, really important because we try, we don't, we don't ever turn anyone away for yeah, DACA renewal because that's their lives. That's two years of safety for their lives. But mm-hmm. we also worry about that in relationship to our scholarship funding. Yeah. So yeah. we really appreciate the donations for DACA renewal. Yeah. So what um, what have you learned uh, that has that has affected you the most from the the students in you lead. I know a lot of things, but <laughs> if you could name just just a few that you had either a, an aha moment or a conscientization moment or you know something shifted for you. For I think I change, I'm an immigrant and um, I think my. Um, vision of life in this country tainted completely since I've got involved with mm. undocumented immigrants um, in a way I never expected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I'm seeing more common things f- uh, from um, you know I come from Argentina and I I've seen things that are more common with uh, very oppressive <laughs> regimes. Mm-hmm. And I never expected to see something like that in this yeah. country. Yeah. Um, and I think I understand better now the differences in the conflicts uh, between different mm-hmm. groups in this country than I did before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like, you know, understanding um, mm-hmm real life outside from my bubble in the university. I think for me it has been seeing um, the fears as well as the hopes uh, played out in in real time in real people Mm. as opposed to, oh, isn't, you know, Trump's uh, revo- revocation of DACA terrible. Yeah. Well, I have a very close friend with one of the students uh, that I see every week. She's trying to teach me Spanish. I'm a very poor student, but um, <laughs> you know, I will get a text from her in the middle of the night that said, "Did you see this? Did you see this story about mm-hmm. Trump? Or did you see it? Oh, oh, they're they're bringing DACA to the floor again. Well, they're not bringing it to the floor again. Mm-hmm. So her her highs and lows." Yeah. Um, you know, saying, um, ask, sending a question about, um, my dad is in this situation. Um, what do you mm-hmm. think he should do? Uh, so all of yeah. that becomes so real and so personal. So policies that seem to be so, in a way, foreign, right. we mm-hmm. see how that those affect real people right. in real mm-hmm. lives. Yeah. 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 yeah, so every week. Every week there's yes. something. Hopes and fears. Yes. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. and it's never limited just to Thursday nights either. Yeah. We, yeah. we 
uh, communicate with students, mm -hmm. various students, a lot uh, during the week. Yeah, that's what they said, the group that I interviewed, and how important that was to them. Oh, good. To have that kind of support network. And, and also to have people who were mutually accountable in the learning process so that they didn't have to exhaust themselves. Hmm. You know, that, that came out a lot oh. about how... Can we hear the interviews later? Yes. Oh, I'm gonna, <laughs> oh good. We'd love to. <laughs> that uh, would be great. You know, how exhausting it is to have to teach everybody, mm -hmm. you know, oh, and yeah. that everybody's different, mm -hmm. you know, even yeah. though there's a common issue with, you know, DACA and immigration issues in this country, but still it's all, everybody's situation is different. Mm -hmm. So that's another interesting aspect that I think I learned from the students. You know, I'm, I'm someone who gets very, um, mad with things and uh, yeah. sometimes I cannot uh, start a conversation with someone knowing that this someone does not mm -hmm. share my views yeah. and uh, this teaching aspect that you mentioned is mm -hmm. very common um, among our students they they can explain what their, their situation is mm -hmm. um, to anyone yeah. <laughs> and in a way um, that I, you know, I admire them for for that. Mm -hmm. You know, they they are on the spot, but still they can take the time and and um, the will of uh, explaining what is going on um, yeah. from their perspective. Yeah, it, it exhausts them. It they does. Have to do it in their college settings. I'm said. sure. It I'm does. Sure. And their high school settings. Yeah. 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 So, um, the training of the volunteer tutors, how does, what do you do with um, the training? How does that happen? Did you talk to Nikki? I did. Okay. We didn't really talk She's our about trainer. that aspect, which we should have. Okay. Uh, yeah, when, when we started, you know, there was no training, no nothing. We just <laughs> showed up showed up and do whatever we could yeah. um, but then after a while and as ULEAD was growing we started very small as we were growing mm -hmm. then we got these wonderful people who are organizing us and now we have uh, two people who are in charge of, men, of the volunteers mm -hmm. and also I don't know if you heard the announcement at the beginning yeah. that there's going to be a training for mentors yeah. and that training is provided by uh, two of our coordinators that mm -hmm. uh, have more expertise in the process of applying to college and mm -hmm. getting scholarships. Yeah. Uh, so we, we do that training. They did it in the summer once. They will do it again now, and probably mm -hmm. we will do it once more in during next semester. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we um, go around a lot and you know all of us face for are faced with uh, new situations and we cons consult each other mm -hmm. and so we are training each other all the time <laughs> yeah ongoing learning so starting two years ago um nikki and tamar became our volunteer coordinators mm -hmm. and so as bettina said up until that point it had just been okay you work with this kid <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. So now they do a complete orientation because many mm -hmm. of our um, volunteers don't have the knowledge of DACA mm -hmm. or TPS or 
college yeah, application yeah. Uh, differences for undocumented versus first-generation students. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they go through all of that. And then they also talk about different ways that people can be involved. So, yeah. so some volunteers... Um, the, sort of the highest level of volunteer is somebody who can commit to being here every week mm-hmm. and to being a college coach. And so they work one-on-one, yeah. sometimes up to two years, starting with somebody wow. when they're a junior. Yeah. Um, other volunteers might help in the kitchen. Um, other volunteers mm-hmm. uh, are um, content-specific. Mm-hmm. So they just tutor in math, not just we love our math tutors. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Yeah, just set them on the sill in the kitchen there. They don't need to be washed. Yeah. I thought she was offering uh, something. I said no. <laughs> um, some tutor for the SAT and the ACT. Some mm-hmm. yeah. um, just do DACA renewals. So we, mm. you know, some are very specialized, and others will do the coaching where they're kind of working on everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, what are your hopes for this program next say? several years, five years? Well, I I tend to say the same thing that I used to say when I was in Freedom University. Mm -hmm. I hope we're not needed anymore. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in the the meantime, uh, I hope we we can continue to to, uh, fundraise and get enough funding for, for the students and um, you know, we are very lucky to, to have the support of this church and the space, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that we could continue to col- cultivate this yeah. partnership and mm-hmm. m- more more partnership. And probably the you know the issue will not be gone in the near f- future, so um, we will still need to work on this. Yeah. Well, what do you especially want to tell people about you, Lee, to make sure they understand? That most of our students would not be able to attend college without the support of you, Lead. Mm-hmm. And so we have brilliant, dedicated, thoughtful, capable students who are interested mm-hmm. in everything from short certificate programs mm-hmm. to four-year programs to aspiring lawyers. Um, the uh, the whole range of aspirations mm-hmm. and without you lead most of them would not be in college yeah yeah well you're doing really good work here you can tell the <laughs> sense you. of community it, it is yeah. it's, it's strong did you know that Bettina started was one of the founders of Freedom University yes <laughs> so she's founded both of these organizations mm-hmm. she's yeah. like my idol <laughs> <laughs> you're mine <laughs> different organizations. They are very yeah. different. But yeah. both yes. very necessary. And, and mm-hmm. both very good organizations, but with different missions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to be going in the, maybe September, to uh, that, to the course. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, they are doing courses. I would mm-hmm. love so to take that course. It sounds so good. <laughs> um, and one of the podcasts, uh, the, uh, I did uh, the interview and then they read poetry. Mm-hmm. And brilliant. They had that poetry uh, class, so they read poetry uh, from it. And then um, they um, talked about the New Yorker article. That was still mm. festering. And I said, you have more to say about it? I said, yes, we want to come back and talk about it. Mm. <laughs> so two of them came back and talked about it. 
Um, and so, and, and you know, and they're dealing with more, you know, detention centers and, you know, the systemic issues. Some of them are going to college in the mm -hmm. fall. And yeah. yeah. They are. I think seven I saw in Amico's. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 One of the ones in the podcast is going to Eastern Connecticut, which... That's the Dream U.S. scholarship. Yeah. So we have several at Eastern Connecticut. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, anything else that we haven't covered? Um, one thing, and I don't, I don't know if this is really germane to what you're doing here, but... Um, we're an all-volunteer organization, mm -hmm. and we have no overhead. So mm -hmm. the church gives us the space. Um, yeah. Friends yeah. in the community, restaurants and individuals and groups uh, oh, bring dinner good. every week. Um, none of us are paid. And so yeah. all of our money really can go for DACA renewals and scholarships. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important aspect. And supplies. And supplies, those, yes. Yeah. Those were also, oh. All those supplies were donated. Donations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for oh, our good. church did a back-to-school drive oh, nice and, yeah. yeah so um, it was this church mm -hmm. is your church I okay. yeah. well the Methodist Church has kind of a split history we were talking about it with the students you know in terms of Latin America <laughs> oh Central America in particular the good news movement oh I'm not familiar with that good <laughs> <laughs> just be be innocent and not liberation theology I no, the opposite <laughs> the, the opposite the, the continuum of United Methodists oh god I don't want to know you don't want to know there's their books <laughs> so, I think your daughter well, would really you. like to leave. <laughs> I know, so, leaving. I have patience. Um, I have to be at Glen Lake at four tomorrow. That's no problem. Okay, just making sure. Sorry. No, we're not I'm going back to Russia. I was just really concerned about <laughs> well, spending the night because uh, we knew it'd be a late night, so we decided yeah, to stay to eat in Athens and go. We went to the art museum. Oh, oh good. So that was nice. Oh, that's great. So, thank you. Well, I think it's neat song. that you all got to meet Tatiana, and hopefully your paths will, JC, oh, yeah. or your paths will cross. Well, they will. With her. Yeah. Uh, we started an ESOL class with our living wage campaign some years ago until the second company bought an outsourced company anyway mm. and stopped it. <clears throat> and, you know, it's what the landscaper guys wanted. Mm. Anyway, and some custodians came, and it was, it was really... Nice. Really, we didn't know what we were doing. Your yeah. story was so familiar. <laughs> we just showed up. We had yeah. no certificates in ESOL. Mm. We had Bobby Keene from Refugee Family Services, formerly in DeKalb Tech Workplace ESOL. Anyway, um, who kind of semi-trained us <laughs> over yeah, lunch. One aspect that we didn't touch is, um, you know, how how college professors can be a great That's a great thing. Help. Yes. That's good. Um and yeah, you know how how much their support can change um, yeah. the life of a few of our students. Mm hmm Yeah, I mean curriculum and yeah, other things. Yeah, and, and also advocating in their in their institutions and yeah. making sure that this is a new issue inside the, ins the different institutions mm -hmm. and. They know how to deal with these students and offer them support. Yeah, because yeah. we we are working on getting them into college. But after that, mm -hmm. there is another story that um, yeah. you know we would we keep in touch with many of them, but still they need a lot of support mm -hmm. to continue. And, yeah, you know, to yeah. be 
retain mm -hmm. and stay finished the four years. Yeah, yeah, the retention issue. Yeah. Well, yeah. let us know if you have any follow-up questions. I will. We're so Maybe. glad you came tonight. Yeah. Well, thank you. This Nothing Never Happens podcast with You Lead Athens was recorded in August 2018 with the help of my daughter, J.C. Pippen, who is a studio art major education minor at Agnes Scott College. And also, I want to thank the co-directors of You Lead Athens, Joe Beth Allen and Bettina Kaplan. I want to thank my team at Agnes Scott College, China Wilson and Megan Simmons, uh, and also my audio engineer for this podcast, Reagan Turner. I want to thank my musicians for their wonderful original music for this podcast, uh, Paul Myrie, and also Lance Eric Hagen and Aviva and the Flying Penguins for the uh, theme song.